The Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Gentlemen, we know how difficult shaving your downstairs area can be, but not anymore with Manscaped's all-new Lawnmower 3.0, featuring skin-safe technology to help you prevent against nicks and cuts. We've been using ours for a few weeks now, and I got to tell you, total game changer. It's totally waterproof, so you can use it in the shower if you prefer, and it has a handy little LED light to help you see exactly where you're trimming so you make sure you don't you know, cut yourself in a really uncomfortable, really unfortunate area. You're looking for more than just the trimmer? Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0 features anti-chafing ball deodorant, which we love, by the way, anti-chafing boxers, as well as the shed travel bag. All in all, you're talking about a package that's valued over $150. You can get it today for $89.99. But that's not all. Order today with the promo code BABBLE. That's B-A-B-B-L-E. For 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping. Again, that's Babble, B-A-B-B-L-E. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. And we are live for... The 69th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. And tonight, it's full crew. It's Andrew. It's G. It's Alex. How are we doing, guys? Terrible. Good night, man. How about you? Nice to be here. Well, I mean, I mean Alex must still be coming down off that uh, Kyler Murray Hail Mary against his Bills because, I mean, that's. Yeah, I still terrible. have recovered. That was a pretty nice play. Yeah, it was a great play. That was exa- that's exactly why I feel I'm angry because I can't be mad at it. Yeah. I mean that was that was awesome. All the Bills money line betters were just devastated. And the funniest thing afterwards, like the Cardinals were favored by two and a half. And when it was time for the extra point, they just kneeled it. So mm-hmm. a lot a lot of unhappy people right there. But yeah, it's, we're here to talk Yanks. We're here to talk rumors, MLB news. Are the Yankees gonna get Andrelton Simmons as their big free agent prize that that's the real question we're all we've been on the edge of our seats wondering this I know Andrew has right this has hey, been Luigi's bro. last episode hosting <laughs> podcast. Um, this is the Bronx Bomber Angelton Simmons podcast no I'm just kidding but yeah we're getting it all into it but I'm gonna start off the show with kind of this isn't necessarily Yankees news, but I mean, might as well be because she's a. Former. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there, Luigi. Oh. I just want to acknowledge the fact that this is our 69th episode. So it's so significant about that. What what, what like what does that mean, man? Like you want to you want to tell the audience why is that significant? Please now? please expand. Well, you see. So, anyways, um, <laughs> about, let's get into the show. Um, Kim Ang, first female GM in major American sports long time coming and right she was assistant GM for the Yankees late 90s early 2000s was part of three World Series teams first person she uh thanked or first I believe she thanked her parents first but then she out of all the baseball people she thanked Brian Cashman was the first one she thanked and she also thanked Joe Torre so definitely recognizing uh you know her roots I'm getting texts in the chat that I suck right now, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, Kim Ang, just honestly, it's just it's been a long time coming. I mean, here's a lady who was the assistant GM for the Yankees and Dodgers for almost a decade, and I believe got her first interview to be a GM way back in like 2004. 
So it's not like this is just, oh, the Marlins like taking a chance on some inexperience. No, this this is a baseball lifer. This is a woman who earned it, just like anyone, right? And she should do a great job down there. It's great that Jeter hired her, right? You saw pictures of them from 20 years ago. It really is awesome and good for Kim Ang. I'm really happy for her. And hopefully this starts a trend where more women, because, man, there's a lot of women who know sports like the back of their hand. And they should be put in these roles more often, man. It's great to see. And the thing is with Kim Ang is like she's arguably more qualified to be the GM of the Marlins than a lot of other GMs are because the fact that she's been around for so long, she's been assistant GM for two different teams. She was, you know, she was the assistant GM in 1998. That's how long she's been around in baseball. So the fact that she's finally getting her opportunity is really, really good for the sport. And for she was qualified when when she got the interview in 2005, right? Um, For for the Dodgers GM position. Um, And I remember at the time people were making a big deal that, you know, broke the glass ceiling that, you know, for a woman to even get interviewed for it. And it's like, the hell with that. She was qualified to get the job then. The fact that it took her 15 more years is, is, you know, a problem in itself. But I mean, glad she's finally getting this opportunity. Yeah, just to say that she's breaking the glass ceiling by interviewing doesn't really do much because she didn't get the job. So what exactly did that accomplish? And I mean, after she was, after she was uh, assistant GM under Ned Coletti, um, you know, the reason she mentioned Joe Torre is because she actually held the position of um, senior VP of baseball ops for, for major league baseball. Um, so she was like directly under Joe Torre in his right. current That's role. That's where she's pretty much been for since. Uh, yeah. Since the, the last decade. So, I mean, she has experience, you know, at, at the team level and also, you know, one of the top executives in the entire league. So um, the, the qualifications are for sure there. Yeah, it's always awesome to see like somebody who, especially this is what happens when you follow a team really closely. It could be any sport, but when you see either a coach or an executive kind of like work their way up through the system, right? Like they start with a small role and then they kind of go up and then they go somewhere else and then they eventually land like that that big time job, right? Like that career, that big break. And yeah, I I was very happy when I saw that. It was honestly, you know, pleasant surprise because. I guess it was rumored, like, I guess, like, because I was talking to one of my friends who's a Marlins fan, and he said he heard about this, like, a couple weeks ago, that, like, it was rumored to be her. But, yeah, like, it was just a pleasant surprise seeing that notification that Kim Ang, right, former assistant Yankees GM, first woman GM in sports. It's just just awesome. It really is. Um, Other news and notes around the MLB, uh, Tony La Russa is clear, right, guys? Didn't he get his DUIs dropped? Or one of them, his last one. Wild, and and I think they even had record of him uh, blowing like a point oh nine five, which is already <laughs> above the legal limit. How that got dropped is I, I don't I don't know all the details. But that's I mean, dude, they wild dude, story. I mean, bro, he's he's a he's Hall a of Famer, brother. He's a Hall of Fame baseball <laughs> person. That's how it got dropped, man. Like, mm-hmm. didn't hear him. Guys, now we can cross one. I guess only one, but we can cross one of several problematic things off the list. For Tony Lewis's hire as manager of the White Sox, we can get rid of that one. Yeah, it's just like SpongeBob with like that huge list that like goes onto the floor. It's like, well, I got one done out of. The funny thing is, that probably doesn't even crack the top five most problematic. Yeah, right. (laughs) Honestly, like, yeah, you could. It's like you know what the DUI. It's like at this point, the DUI just live with. (laughs) Well, actually, check this out. I I just just searched this right now just because we're talking about it, and apparently. the charges are not getting dropped. I mean, that's new as of like a couple hours ago. Um, oh, and I really? must have missed it earlier today. Oh. Yeah, apparently the, the original report that they were 
going to drop the charges was uh, incorrect or misreported or whatever. But um, no, he's he's still going to face those charges. Good. Well, so I'm Tony. I mean, Tony Larusso just went from being a drunk driver to not being a drunk driver, and now he's a drunk driver again. So good to know. I'll I'll be make sure to mark that down. Um, In his list of qualifications. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, before we uh, get into some Yanks talk and possible Yanks offseason, t- dump them, keep them with the pitchers. Did anyone see Drew Smiley get paid today? Yeah. Like, what the hell? I, I saw I that notification that the Braves signed him. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, you know, one year, couple million or like minor league deal. And then pops up one year, 11 million. Are the Braves laundering money? Like, do we have to launch an investigation into the Braves? Because Drew Smiley. Like, you know what I was thinking? Like, what does this do to the starting pitching market? Like, if Drew Smiley's getting $11 million, like, how many decent starting pitchers yeah. are there? Like, hey. Well, like, I mean, we already saw Stroman at $19 million and they're qualifying. Yo, right? yeah. MLB yeah, ownership, all the MLB owners looking at the Braves owner mad as hell right now that they paid a starter a good amount of money when yeah, they were trying I, to sit on it all, I'm sure. I, I mean, mean, if Drew you would have asked. He, he was really good with the Giants last year. He was, uh, but and I'm like I but, look. I try not to take this year too like seriously or literally no, say, oh, like oh this guy did this this year. I'm like, yeah, it's it wasn't even half a season. Like let's kind of yeah. slow down. But I mean, man, Drew Smiley. <laughs> like it's if you would have asked Smiley. me today, like this morning, like all right, if Drew Smiley <laughs> get a one year deal, how much is that? Yeah, I would have guessed like four million, five million dollars, right? Yeah. Like that would have been right. that would have been high. He's honestly. like a back end of the rotation type of guy. Like yeah, I mean. Who knows? Maybe the Braves know something we don't, and he just comes out next year like it's a really good pitcher. I don't know, but yeah. that I, I thought about that right away. I said, "Man, a lot of pitchers are going to see that and use that as like a hey, I deserve more than Drew Smiley." Like, oof. so I don't know. That's very Red weird. Hand couldn't get picked up off of waivers for ten million dollars, and he's been awesome. But Drew Smiley got eleven, like off the free agent market. Yeah. And keep in mind, Drew Smiley didn't even pitch at all in 27 or 2018. And last year, in 2019, he was not very good. And then this year, he comes along and was, you know, very, he was decent. He was really good, but, like, not a very big track record there at all. And the Braves did only sign him for one year, but still $11 million committing to a guy that does not have – has not really had a full successful season since, you know, 2015, 2014 is a pretty big risk for a team like the Braves. Yeah. I think Matt hit it on, on the head when he said, um, you know, like you have GMs across the league who are just punching the air reading that. Right. Cause they're, you know, I mean, I don't believe that there's collusion uh, among GMs to try and suppress the market. Right. But I mean, you take advantage of the fact that the market's not hot and you're not willing to go way above where everyone else is. Right. You still got to make smart financial decisions. Right. If everyone walks into a grocery store and buys a gallon of milk for, for $3, you're not going to say, Hey, you want $6 for it. Uh, um, yeah. But, but the fact that I got the true smile, you know, with you know, not a ton of recent um, you know, record on, on, on his resume, getting a payday like that, it's going to inflate the value of a lot of really good pitchers who, you know, are going to be in high demand this year, not the least of which um, are, are some of the Yankees free agents. Um, so a, a lot of these guys may be in line for um, a lot more money than they were in, you know, expected to get, or it could just end up being an aberration that the Braves overpaid for Smiley, right. and, and that's it. But I, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see. 
Trevor Bauer looked at that signing and automatically thought that he can thirty-five million one year. Give me that. Thirty million dollars. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, another quick one. Uh, the Padres signed Clevenger to a two-year deal through the twenty twenty-two season, but he will also undergo Tommy John surgery on Tuesday. So a little double-bladed sword right there. Uh, the fact that they sent that they tweeted that in the same. Sweet, just killed me. Somebody kind of like said, Barry the lead, right? Like, hey, we said, signed him. Yeah, we've signed him. By the way, don't pay attention to his Tommy John surgery. Also, he's not going to pitch at all during that extension. <laughs> Congrats, you did it. This is the most Padres tweet of all time. It's like one of the top casual, <laughs> casual tweet uh, retweeters getting ratioed for days, and they have no idea why. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you know, it's a shame for Cleb. Obviously, won't be seeing him next Oops. year. They bought out his arbitration years, right? I think so. Yeah, but uh, which I mean that makes that. sense, especially if they knew he was going to have to have Tommy John. Yeah. So they were just kind of planning ahead so that they wouldn't have to pay him overly that much. Um, but still, just the timing of that is just odd, and the way that they handled that is very odd. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and we're obviously going to yeah, have so our own situation gonna, with that as well. I guess I get. I didn't realize he's already thirty years old. Yeah, I mean, so is they'll really? get him for like, yeah, he is. He's thirty. Um, so he's they'll get him for like, whatever, however much of twenty twenty two they get him for, and then he'll be a free agent. Yeesh. Yeah, which yeah. is which is the same thing that that's going to happen with with Tommy Canley, and then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We're we're going to do um, our inventory on the pitching staff. Um, Later on, but he's going to be in the same boat, right? Looking for a two-year deal, knowing that next year is complete wash, and then hopefully yeah, next year at most he might pitch in September, and that's it. Yeah, that's true because he had his surgery what in July, and relievers can usually come back in like yeah, it was, well, ten to twelve months. And starters like July, early season. August, because his okay. his last game that he pitched was the last game against the Nationals, right? That was game three of the season. Yeah, yeah. it was the only game of the season he pitched. Yikes! Yikes! Um, I keep saying one more quick note, but they announced the MLB Hall of Fame ballot for this next year. Uh, there are, I count, three members of the 2009 Yankees uh, World Series team on the new Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, you see, you guys see uh, Nick Swisher posted a video, super psyched that he just made the ballot. That was cool. Yeah, was like, really obviously, he obviously he's not going to get in, but you know, he just to be on the ballot is just for him, to, that's yeah, like just honor. to be on the ballot. I think is an honor enough. Yeah, for someone like Swisher, I really hope he just hits the percentage to like even just stay on the ballot for a few I years. I doubt he will. Yeah, no, no, no if way. Jorge he'll be off, he'll be off after stay this year. On the ballot, yeah. Nick Swisher's not going to. He'll stay for on the sure ballot. be off after this year. But yeah, just to be on the ballot, it's an accomplishment. I, I always get you always feel old when you look at these names, like guys like Aramis Ramirez, Scott Rowland, Dan Heron, Michael Kadire, just so many like you know decent guys. Obviously, none of them are going to make it. Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed when I saw the ballot. It's just a lot of guys that were solid. Oh, this guy's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're good. They're they're good. They were good. They were not Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers, right? Like you can't look at Michael Kadire and think, oh yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Dude, what do you mean? Really burst my bubble here, man. Michael Kadire isn't a Hall of Famer. I hate to break this to you. I don't even know what to think, man. All right, so let's let's talk some Yanks, right? Um, guys, what? How how are we all doing? Um, DJ is officially a free agent, right? It's been like it was that was just made official when we were recording our last episode, so it's been a week since then. 
really haven't really haven't heard anything, right? Like I haven't heard any rumors about DJ and what he's doing and rumor. The like, only thing that, that I've seen even DJ is that it, the Jays could go after him, and that is it. That's the only thing I've even remotely seen about him. And well, that would suck. This is why the MLB offseason is low-key, like, torturous. Because it's, like, in the NFL or the NBA, you have July 1st, like, this is the day that free agency starts, and you get yourself yeah, all, like... that, like, seven, 80% of the shit happens within, like, two days. Yeah, MLB, like, you get like yourself all mentally prepared throughout. for it, be like, oh, well, maybe I'll hear something, but he's not going to be signing with anyone else before X date. And this MLB is just like, well, it's been a week. We really all want them to do one thing and resign DJ LeMayhew, but we have absolutely nothing and we're just sitting here stewing in it. Most major deals don't happen until the winter meetings anyway, and yeah. that's not going to happen in person. This will happen, but it's already going to be its own weird aberration this year anyway. And the thing is, with the MLB offseason in general, there's so many different things that happen during the offseason. Like, you have the qualifying offers, and then you have like the non-tender deadline, and the Rule 5 draft, and stuff like that, where teams... Like especially for the uh, non-tender deadline this year, teams are going to want to look and see who's out there because no one's like we've said a lot in the past that no one's going to really want to spend that much money this year. So there's probably going to be Drew a lot Smiley of gets eleven million dollars. Well, yeah, um, but teams that are looking at DJ might want to wait and see if there's a you know if someone gets non-tendered that's a t- cheaper option that they could plug in. And not have to pay, you know, upwards of $80, 90000000 million for DJ. Yep. It's, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't look weird. Like, I opened the show just kind of jokingly talking about Angleton Simmons, but I've I've definitely heard a lot of Angleton Simmons uh, rumblings to the Yankees. I don't want Angleton Simmons on the Yankees. Uh, like, I, neither do I, right? But. <laughs> Like, I just keep hearing and I keep seeing, like, oh, and gaining steam. And, like, that's like their bat. Like, anytime you hear, like, when you're hearing already, like, oh, this is the Yankees' backup plan if they don't sign DJ, it makes you worry a bit, right? Yeah. It makes you kind of say, oh, well, why, why the fuck is there even a backup plan? Like, shouldn't we just be going all in on DJ? And then if we don't get him, like, uh, yeah, then you kind of, yeah, they shouldn't be making a backup plan if they don't sign DJ because then that means that they kind of doubt that they're going to sign DJ, which they shouldn't be because they should be going all in, making sure that he doesn't sign anywhere else. Yeah. I'm just um, still so curious about what he's going to ask for. Like, you know, obviously he outplayed 12 million bucks, but like, I don't know what, I mean, what do you guys think the most that he could really ask for is like 20, 25 ish. Like, I think the starting point he's looking for, um, is is in the four year eighty million dollar range? I was just gonna say probably like, four year twenty million. I say he, yeah, I say he just gets over twenty million a year. Probably like that's probably where he's gonna look to go. And the Yankees, I've Michael heard, are, said on his radio coming in show the other day that he uh, he could look for like a fi- a, fi- a fifth year. Mm. So which would if he gets twenty million, that would the floor of that would be a hundred million. Like or that at least that's what his agent's gonna be has been uh, demanding that he get. Which I mean, I don't know, man. I can see, I, I can't can imagine DJ being team. one of these guys who just literally hits until he's like forty years old. Yeah, you no, know, just like doesn't his production just really doesn't fall Still, off that I much. Can't, I can't imagine any team wanting to sign him for five years. 
but I could see, you know, four million. If, if he does four years in between 80 and 100, I feel like that's probably the most realistic uh, contract that he gets. I'd sign up for that. It, see, like, that's, I think you could find some win now teams who will say, all right, if he wants five years, whatever. We, we, we know almost for sure like, certain he's going to be, be really good for at least anyway. this year and next year. Yeah, like if he's old and washed by that fourth or fifth year, but if we win a championship in one of the first three years, then whatever. Like it's he's, just some of the risk you take. Like you said, though, Luigi, he's such a good hitter that I feel like he's the type that's going to age pretty well. Like he might lose his yeah, power. That, that but... might that might be his agent's argument, right? That like, hey, yeah. this, he's probably not. He's not the type of guy who like swings out of his shoes and is you know relies on like athleticism and hand like mm-hmm. hand speed to get to the ball he just kind of relies on iq and just i mean he, he dj's just such a naturally good hitter yeah. you know like he's just well, still but that scenario that you brought up luigi is less about dj really himself and more about the teams like you know the steve cohen's looking for a splashy move or whoever you know who just got money to burn like they'd be like oh dj LeMayu for the next two years, and I don't give a shit what happens beyond then. Like, it's just like any old good player. If you have a date, like an owner who's ready to blow their money, that's the risk. You know, that's the risk in terms of the Yankees, you know, for, for any good player in the market, but for DJ, for the purposes well, of this conversation. Well, you know, gee, I think you mentioned it in terms of like owners looking to blow money. I mean, look, Steve Cohen with the Mets, right? He's, we could talk about this a little. He's been making a lot of rumblings on social media, right? Being very, uh, progressive in terms of you know replying to fans replying to players right he basically uh when he replied to marcus stroman saying hey i'll call you later glad to have you back you know just and he's basically said like the mets are going to go after a lot of free agents this offseason right they have a ton of guys coming off the books they have a lot of money to spend right they have the richest owner in baseball now they're going to go after a lot. I mean, I've heard the Mets are going to go after DJ. I've heard the Mets are going to go after Tanaka. They're going to go after a lot of guys. So, Which, I mean, it's maybe not uh, a bad the, thing if it, you're which, a Yankees It might fan. force Steinbrenner's hand, right? Like, it might yeah. – if, ter- if that – if, let's say, Steinbrenner is going into this season with the mind, like, all right, you know, if we don't resign DJ, whatever. If we don't do this, whatever. But if one of the teams going after DJ is the Mets – I really do think that changes things because like that would, I mean, I, I hate to just be the doom and gloom guy and paint this shit picture on the pod, but man, it would just suck DJ going to the Mets and them having like a great and them getting Bauer and them having a great year. Like that would just suck, you know? And yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even one of these Yankee fans who like hates the Mets, but like, of that. I mean, you can't lose DJ to the Mets. Like that would I just be so. like unforgivable. The Yankees, well, I mean, Yankees fans in general, I think you could, you know, like, Yankees fans are all, to a varying degrees, like, maybe frustrated with the Steinbrenners, just frustrated in general because it's been, you know, a decade since the, the last championship, and they have gotten close, and it, like, you know, they're, you know, the last couple of years have been annoying in a lot of ways, but, like, I think, you know, in terms of ownership, you know, there's a lot of maybe to be annoyed by, but like, um, you could say it's maybe a good thing in general to have competition in the market to be like Steve Cohen, who's really, really rich, has a lot of fucking money, like, and be like, hey, you know what? He's going to spend 
on absolutely everything. You know, it's like Steve Ballmer with the Clippers, who's like a 50 billionaire who's, you know, he's spending on a new arena, like he's spending on everything. He's he's spending on like on, you know, advertising in the community, like Steve Cohen's got that kind of money. So he's going to spend on absolutely everything because he's a Mets guy and because he just wants them to be like a top quality organization. And I think for the Steinbrenners to you know They'll have to adjust to that and be like, hey, you know what? We can't just take it for granted anymore. Be like, we're the only show in town because they're not anymore. And because Steve Cohen's not going away. He's going to spend to make sure the Mets are that damn good. And the Steinbrenners probably could use a little you know, push and a little competition like that. It just kind of reminds me. Remember back when you know, the Mets won the, or not won the World Series, but they made the World Series. And there was kind of that, and the Yankees were just kind of going through their youth movement. There was kind of talk around around town that it was becoming a Mets town. Like not yeah, that it was ever because true. they made the world series. Yeah. But it was becoming a Mets town. Like they just had that vibe. I mean, look, that could, those talks could happen again. And like, at this point, like, I think we're all in agreement with look like the Yankees just like they're, they're past due in terms of just winning a world series. Like, not even winning. I mean, just going to the world series. Like that's like the thing that gets me about this team. And I hate always bringing it up, but it's like to not even win the pennant, you know, in like a, just a decade. Like there's there's been plenty of teams who are just bad now and who have gone from good to bad who have won the pennant right it's that that shouldn't be something that's like so difficult to obtain but anyways yeah like they could it could very easily become a Mets town if they all you get a big time starting pitcher like Trevor Bauer and he's even like eighty percent of what he was last year this mm-hmm. past year right? yeah because he was, he's not gonna do what he did last year for yeah. an entire hundred sixty two game season right. Right. But I mean, that's the even if he's like 80 percent of that and, and shows up in the postseason match. It, look, imagine having to face Jacob DeGrom and Trevor Bauer in a postseason series like that is bru- that it's brutal. Yeah. Like that might be the best one two punch in all of baseball. Yeah. If you're going into a seven game series against Bauer and DeGrom, and four games against those four two, games like, against them, you got to at least beat you got to beat at least one of them one time. To win it, yeah, so, it's, it's uh, not going to happen. Yeah, so the Mets, you know, they're they're going to make some splashes this offseason. And even if they don't get the Bowers or the DJs or the Real Mutos, they're going to get guys. Like, I could I could see them getting more. I mean, who knows with Morton and his whole, uh, you know, Tampa situation. I'm not sure if he's, like, still as strong on that as he was a couple years ago. But, yeah, I mean, guys like Morton um, – I could see. I don't know, man. I could see Tanaka going. I, I think Tanaka's going to go to the Angels, though. That's that's my prediction. I can Tanaka. see that. Yeah. I think he's going to, you know, him and Otani. That would be huge for like the Japanese market. Like, sad, but also in terms of Tanaka, we can talk more about him in our pitching review. But I feel like maybe to save the Yankees from themselves, to be like sentimentally wise, we'd be okay having him back. But they should probably seek an upgrade somewhere. Like. Yeah, they probably should. Um, like, I, I think Tanaka, if if it comes like February and the Yankees still kind of need, still want another starting pitcher and they've kind of just missed and whiffed on a few guys and he's still out there, then I, I would be for it. But yeah, I, don't I think mean, should... we, we talked about this though. I, I know. I, I like you, notice. You don't want to be in that position. Of, notice the tone in my voice, Andrew. Like, you, yeah, you, 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 you got to put yourself in position. Uh, the early in the offseason that that's not even on the table, right? I, the, 
Yeah, you don't want to. We, be we, we definitively said when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, we definitively said we think it's time to move on. We saw what he has. It looks like he may be starting to, um, you know, tip off a, a, a little bit. And again, he's he's still young enough that you know he could still completely revamp his game and be elite for ten more years. That's always the case with pitchers. But it seems like he may be past that point of his his you know early career dominance, and, and he's. I mean, starting to deteriorate a little bit. You, you, and we knew, I mean, we, we, we said definitively not that, like, I think we don't want him back. Um, we, you know, as hard as it is to say goodbye, it's probably the right move. Settling for him at, at, a, at a lesser, you know, dollar deal that, than you were expecting is still bringing him back. And that's, I don't think, if we don't want him back, that's it. You just got to cut the cord. I mean, yeah, I think the thing that's concerning, like, the elbow, obviously, because that's just like perpetual concern for Tanaka. But like he's taking time bomb thirty two, and he threw so many innings at the beginning of his career, like in Japan. That I don't know. Like there could be a, a more like so tr- you forget all those innings he threw. In. Like he you threw just look so at his baseball reference, and you're like, oh yeah, he only has this many innings, and you're like, yeah, what well, in Japan they. They throw their starters like it's the 1930s here, right? Like their yeah, starters like, go. I would say my, my concern would be that, like, as much as I love the guy, because you know he stuck around, he didn't opt out, he wanted to like con- to apply out his contract, and I think that's just really like honorable, especially because you don't really see it much because people are always seeking a raise or seeking whatever. But like, I just my concern with him is that there's an even more like precipitous like cliff's edge somewhere that I would really rather the Yankees not be around to find out. <laughs> yeah, well put, Jay. Um, like it, it was nice. He was he was a great Yankee. He's a great guy, but I, I don't know. I just I think the, there's better options out there. And it, at the end of the day, this is a business, right? So, um, let's go through the Yankees pitchers, right? We're not going to go through every single one because some are just you know above that saying, but we'll go through most. Um, and Guys, we're going to have opinions on oh, whether or not G has an opinion. Garrett Cole. <laughs> G, all right, G, we just started off, man. Why should they get rid of that bum? Oh, just kidding. Um, yeah, let's start with um, let's start with the guys who are free agents. Obviously, we just kind of did Tanaka, right? That was kind of like the first one. Um, I think we're all leaning towards dump him, right? Uh, like, I don't think anyone is on the keep him side with Tanaka. Tip of the cap, but yeah, he's got. Uh, same with the uh, Paxton. All right, I, I don't think any of us think we should keep pa- Paxton. No, actually, oh. for, for the right price, I, I would I would take him back. Uh, yeah, I think he has a higher upside than, than Tanaka, and yeah. I, I don't think that he can command that big uh, of a salary just because he has injury no. concerns. He, um, he at least all what he did. I think he's just going to look for a one- or two-year deal at, like, you know, max a 20, $25 million total. So and look, I the don't Yankees think gonna, didn't want to QO him, which they could have. Yeah, the fact they did, or, or did he get? No, no, he was traded. So I mean, he was he never he got was, a QO with with the pre. Yeah, the I was about to say so he, he didn't. He, he was, this is his first time being a free agent. Right, right. So the Yankees had the opportunity to yeah, to QO him, could've and they didn't. So they think obviously that he, he's not worth nineteen million. But I mean, if I you're mean, looking at a one year deal and you're James Paxton, would you come back to New York for fifteen? Uh, do you think the Yankees would offer him two for thirty? I would do that. I don't know. He made that. twelve million bucks last year, and he was. You know, hurt and inconsistent and X Y Z. Like I think, you know, in that neighborhood, he didn't make that either. Remember, everything was prorated for COVID. 
Right. Yeah, no, if, I mean, if you I don't tell know. Paxton, you, you give Paxton 224, I would do that in a heartbeat. To the DJ. What's his health situation? <laughs> yeah, give him the DJ. Do you know like, what his health situation is right now? Yeah. Um, he, he's, let me call sure him up. Yeah, he's, he's throwing at least. I know that. Was it his his forearm that was that was I mean that's scary that always makes you think Tommy John but was that what the latest injury was because I remember he had he had the back surgery in spring training last year that he should have had this time last year uh, and they tried to rehab it for like four months and it blew up in their yeah. face because he had to have surgery for what would have been the start of the season um, and then he never got back into shape because um, he had the entire you know COVID shutdown off recovering from the surgery yeah uh, but. I think that supposedly they said he's back up to shape for that. He's throwing fine. His velocity's good. He's throwing in the off season. Um, but what was the other injury he had? Um, was it something with his shoulder? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm trying. I just remember he kept having setbacks at the end of the year. They thought yeah. he might be back See, in this September, is, this and then is he was That's like alarming to me. That there's too many things like in this general. Right, like you have a back, you have a shoulder, you have like, I don't know, I'm just, I feel like if you're going to commit $15 million to someone, you want to make sure they're at least going to be there. Like, Yeah, but I mean, look, first This is off, the type of thing that Paxton's, the upside with him is almost worth the money. Because you look at someone like, again, the Drew Smiley signing comes into play. If Drew Smiley's getting $11 million, Paxton's going to want more than I'm that. I'm telling you, man, like... Before Drew Smiley, I would have been like, yeah, Paxton in this market, I would have given and maybe two ten, like million, yeah. yeah, like just something really small. But now Drew Smiley is making me rethink my entire life. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, I don't know. If I had to lean, I, I'm very, I'm like say, right in the middle on Paxton. I don't know. If I had to I think flip a coin, I'd take Holly. That's not going to sign until like January or February. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe he has talks with with the team that they need starting pitching, like. I don't know, let's say the Phillies or someone that, that is looking to make an early move, maybe yeah. Toronto, right? I mean, he's, he's from Canada, and that maybe, maybe they say that let's bring him home, right? That, that's that's where I think the market, going. right? Yeah. I mean, if I, I was Ryan Cashman, I would just say that I want to resign you, but you're not my first priority because you're not healthy. You don't, you don't start negotiations that way. I want to come back. Hey, I want to sign you, but not... <laughs> You but right. fuck you, we're going to look elsewhere first and we'll circle so back to you. Then we're going to come back and sign mm-hmm. you, okay? Well, I mean, that's just me. That's why I'm not a GM. That's why you're just G and not a GM. <laughs> that was a terrible I mean, joke. Yeah, I would just, uh, uh, the same sort of I thing that I would out. say with Tanaka, like, if you absolutely needed an arm, you know, a little ways into the free agency, but, like, I'd be really looking for other stuff first. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so so I'm looking it up. It it was a uh, a flexor strain that he had in August, and that's you know a setback or two kept him out um, the rest of the year. Now, assuming that's recovered um, and there's no lingering issues, then there's probably minimal risk for you know an elbow issue. Um, but I, Alex, you had said it earlier. You take the upside, like with with a guy like Tanaka. You're paying for for the consistency, but you know where the ceiling is. You know what what you're getting. Whereas Paxton, a team Paxton like this, that needs to get pushed over the hump. You got you can't settle for, um, you know, we'll, we'll take mediocre because it's 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 a sure thing. No, no, no I, I don't want that. I'm willing to take. You got to take risks to get over the hump. That's the team. And, pa- and Paxton showed at the end of last year that he can be, you know, a, a number, you know, a borderline number one starter. Mm-hmm. He has that 
potential. So it's not like Tanaka where Tanaka, you know, you're getting a, a pretty solid number three starter who will put up a, you know, mid three, you know, high three to low four ERA in a season. A ton of home runs. Yeah, give up a ton of home runs. Have a few starts where he's just absolutely lights out. Have a few starts where he's just absolutely god-awful. You know, it's just, that's that's Tanaka right there. The rest of the starts are just, you know, a solid six innings, five, six innings, two to three runs. That's what Tanaka's doing. You're not going to you know, spend $15 million on that. But for someone like Paxton who can win, you know, what was it, 10 starts in a row. And yeah, and, up, and with Tanaka, those, those, you know, below average starts are becoming more and more frequent. Exactly. Um, as we saw in, in, in the playoffs. And if you go back to 2017, that was the year he had an area that was like five, right? Yeah, he it was close. All those runs. He had games where he gave up 10 runs and the but then he also had games where he had like 12 and 15 strikeouts mm-hmm. um but but his really really bad games were just horrific but they were roughly limited that you knew he had the potential to you know if he was locked in which he was thankfully that entire postseason run um you were able to avoid that blow up sorry especially in the postseason if he's looking like he's gonna go nuclear you take him out in the second inning and you so that alone is why we like for the last two years we're just like oh Tanaka like he'll be fine in the postseason even if he like actually wasn't we're just like right. oh, and, well, he, he and he had the complete game against Houston the last year season, but it's it, it'll be fine in the postseason like and it, yeah, it, it blew up in our face really, this year yeah, yeah exactly really ran into a wall this year didn't he huh? um all right let's go um let's go Tommy Canley next so the rumors. The rumors about and around baseball are he's looking for a two-year deal. Like, I think we kind of expect that. Makes sense, about yeah. that. It makes a lot of sense. He's going to be out next year. They're saying, you know, the like right now the targeted date for him to be back is like second half of the year 2021. So, guys, keep him or dump him for Tommy Tight Pants. I think you definitely have to bring him back if he's looking for two years, like, you know, defer some, a lot of the money. To the second year, just to keep him around. Yeah. Just, yeah, how much like, money could he possibly be asking for? I would definitely. Yeah, think. not much. Yeah, do two, do what two, do what you did with Adam no. Warren and hope there's not a, right? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, you could keep him. No, but Canley was so good last year that, and he's still you know decently young. That I think you got to take the chance and hope that his rehab goes well and he comes back as the same type of pitcher that he was. Um, before the surgery, because he's and they say pitchers are better, you know, when they, they when throw. Yeah, up they say they speed. throw harder. And he's so, already and, throwing ninety seven, ninety eight, and then exactly. that wipeout changeout. So, and he's yeah. the type he the we um we covered this before, but he's the pitcher the Yankees missed in their bullpen so badly this year, mm-hmm. because he was such a good uh, fireman in that mm-hmm. role. You could just bring him in to get out of an inning to get a strikeout and then he could come on and pitch the next inning. Where the Yankees don't really didn't really have a guy like that this year. No, they had to turn to Jonathan Loisaga. Yeah, they had to turn to Loisaga because, you know, in the playoffs they didn't really have anyone else because they had been overusing Green and Chapman and Britton so much. So to have another guy who's excelled in that role in the past really Well look, means- even if nothing else, look at Look at game five of the LDS, right? Yeah. If you have an extra arm in the bullpen, you're probably not trying to get 
what was it, 13 outs out of Britain and, and mm. Chapman. Right? Chapman came in, came in with two outs in the seventh inning yeah. of, of that game tied. I mean, if you have an extra arm, you put less strain on on everyone else. Yeah. My memory is so strained from that game. I'm like, didn't Chapman come in in like the third inning? Like, <laughs> like didn't Boone just bring him out and like after the third Chap- batter of the game, was like, the all right, game. that's it. Chappy, you're in. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, I want Tommy tight pants back. For um, sure. Obviously, he's not pitching for anyone next year. Might as well just let him rehab. Because really, he's not even, you know, forget the just him being a good relief pitcher. I mean, he's just like a great clubhouse guy. I mean, yeah, him no, and just so all the videos, fun. like him always freaking out in the dugout. I mean, he's just a great guy to have on your team. Uh, the you video know? I always think of with him is when, some, I forget who it was, hit a home run, and then you just see him running around by himself in the bullpen <laughs> in the uh, at Yankee Stadium. Was that in the playoffs? I don't or think. Was that, was that Glaber's walk-off his rookie year, maybe? No, 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 no. He was he was by himself. I know exactly what the clip you're talking about. I yeah, just can't yeah. remember which one. It was last didn't, year. Didn't Camley also do the the sock commercial with Talkman? Oh God, that was so good. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. Yes, yeah, stuff did. like that you want him back for. Yeah, the sock man. <laughs> yeah, he'll still be able to do stuff like that, and he'll still be a good clubhouse presence, which the Yankees need. That's something that's yeah. kind of over. State is like the Yankees with losing Sabathia and possibly losing Gardner. They're losing their two biggest leaders in the clubhouse in two consecutive years. They're going to, they need guys. And, you know, you have someone like Judge who has shown that he's a pretty good leader, but you, you're going to need guys that provide that, you know, that almost like relief, like the comedic relief. That that brotherhood, family kind of environment. You're going to need guys like that where, and you don't want, you know, it's it's tough with uh, losing Sabathian Gardner, like I said. So you don't Alex. have buck off, Alex. What? What? <laughs> okay, you you just said that twice, so I'll just cut that out. But anyways, um, who else do we want to go through? Um, obviously that uh, Zach Britton obviously opted opted in, so we got him for the next couple years. Actually, um, let's get let's get G's opinion on Zach Britton. <laughs> Jeez, like I can't I believe we, I can't believe he opted in that <laughs> So I, I think we're all in unison on on Adam Adam Adamino, right? I mean, if you can move him, get the hell. Out I of don't here. think they're gonna uh, get I we, anything. I thought we for wanted him. to extend him. I thought that's what we. All well, did. here's the thing, and get I'm not gonna fall into the trap this year. Spend on something else. <laughs> we we know what he what he can be, but I'm just gonna say that that upside is too far gone. Um, oh yeah, definitely. You know, we, we, it's the same way the Yankee fans continue to rationalize Gary Sanchez every year. Like, oh well, we know what he can do. It's just like maybe this will be the year. Um, I think I've seen enough from Ottavino to know that um, the pitcher he once was, the pitcher we signed him to be, is probably not coming back. Yeah, he he um, needs to be in that mop up role. You know, if yeah, the same the thing. Role and, and if he excels in that and exactly. looks like the 2019, the beginning of 2019 version of Ottavino. Then fantastic, but you don't want, you don't want to put him back in that role and have him blow games again like he did this it's year. Like he's just Indians. a more a highly paid version of Jason Shreve at this point. Dude was absolutely unbelievable for the first half mm-hmm. of his first season as a team, and then was just like really mediocre. average, like annoyingly mediocre for the rest of his time. And people every single time they're like, 
oh, he can get back to that. He can still be great. And we're just like, no. Like, no, and the thing no, that it would he's always he's an okay ish pitcher that. now. Like, you know, Adam Adovino, especially since he never threw like 98, yeah. you know, he's a stuff guy. He's a movement guy. He definitely doesn't seem to have that great of control anymore. So, like, I don't know. I mean, if, if you can move him, then move him. Otherwise, you shouldn't have to rely on him. You need to get someone else in front of him. I don't even think it's worth moving him because, like, what the hell are you going to get for that? Unless, like, Cashman could just, I don't know, just pull another anyone, rabbit out of his hat. I don't think there's any team out there that's going yeah, like, to the want out of, uh, they'll want Adovino, but they're not going to want to pay $9 million. Dude, and the Rays will take his ass in a heartbeat. Oh, God, I don't want him going to the Rays yeah, and he'd turn yeah, into yeah. the best pitcher in baseball. He'll have, like, a fucking Zach Britton-like uh, year for the Oreos, right? Just, oh, my God. Like he'd have a, he'd have a six-out save, too, to eliminate yeah. the postseason next year. Yeah. Um, another guy I want to mention, uh, Domingo Herman. Uh, remember we mentioned he was playing uh, baseball in the DR? Well, he threw or yeah threw four no-hit innings tonight, seven strikeouts. So, obviously not the best competition, but, hey, solid. Better than I'll take him. You know, nothing. Yeah, right. Um, it should be good to have him back in. I'm guessing the bullpen. Uh, I would think he next year's number four starter. Who knows? I mean, he may crack. I wouldn't be shocked if he cracked the rotation at some point. Right? Well, it depends he on, on to see what we do, right? Everyone during mm-hmm. spring, yeah. See, if we don't add a guy like Bauer in in free agency, then I could totally see him being the fifth starter. I mean, who else do you have, right? You you the Yankees right now lost. 60% of the rotation from last year already is, is free agents. Like we, we, we didn't talk about happy, they there, are getting uh, but, but, but he's gone. So, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Let's just go through that real quick. J hap dump him next. Okay. We're, yep. We're <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So you have, so you have three fifths of your rotation from last year. That's a free agent and potentially not coming back. Like, that opens up a lot of room for a guy like Herman to, if you're gonna bring back Severino, I mean, you could say they're different caliber, different expectations, or whatever. But if you're gonna bring bring back Severino, you know, who's had his ups and downs, then I think you know you could just as easily be like, you know, Herman, you know, coming off the suspension, so hasn't pitched in a similar amount of time, but like, had a lot more consistent success more recently than Severino did. And, well, I mean, he's he's throwing in winter ball right now. Been too. Throwing too. He's been, yeah. you know, doing baseball activities. He just hasn't been able to play because he's been suspended. Severino was actually injured. What was that stat line tonight? He had uh, four, seven, innings, seven strikeouts, seven. four innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. And granted, that that's that's winter league ball, but I mean, that's still something. It's it's good signs it's for a guy who has to professionally. He walked one guy, cut him. Gilbert. <laughs> Um, do we, yeah, I mean, we think Devi is in the opening day rotation next year. Uh, I'm torn because I, I still yeah, think really that will eventually really move him to the bullpen. Like, if we get Charlie Moore, then it's probably no, right? But if we don't get like a big, uh, you know, really good starting pitcher or a couple, then I could see it. See, I'm like Andrew, I'm torn because I would love to see him start in the rotation just to, you know, see what he has and if he can continue the success that he had in the regular season of this year. But if they get a free agent like Bauer or Charlie Morin or, you know, some other starter, I think they might send him back down to the minors so he can start there. Oh, no. See, my gut tells me that they're going to move him to, like, a seventh inning guy in the bullpen. And he can oh, just keep like that there. Which, which sucks. I, like I feel that. like he has 
we saw what he could do as a starter, and I'd exactly. hate to give up on that. That's one thing that I absolutely hate that the Yankees do with all of their good starters. It's they always bring them up and never actually let them start. And I know you want to get their like feet wet with someone like Clark Schmidt, but with Garcia, they brought him up and immediately had him start. And Clark Schmidt, they brought in and just immediately had him be like the mop-up guy. That's not good exposure to MLB and when you're only throwing two innings after you're so used to starting games in the minor leagues. And I don't understand why they always do that. It always yeah, I mean, really the, annoys The Yankees me. have already ruined um, multiple arms doing that thing. Exactly. They flip ruined with the, the Jabba. Yeah, they the take their, They did it with like, Kennedy. They did it with Phil Hughes. They even yeah, did it with yeah, Severino for a little bit. Yeah, they take their good um, prospects. One thing I'll say about those guys is that suffer. It was so many years ago where I feel like, especially for the Yankees, who we felt like maybe were a little bit on the slower to adapt side, but like guys like Jabba who were like, you know, back when he really started to focus more and more on prospects and like that they could actually mean anything. Um, But I think the Yankees have, I mean, we can argue about it or discuss it, but the Yankees have at least more of a formula now than they probably barely had any formula back then. Yeah, but it's not even that. It's just the philosophy of of putting a guy where he excels. Like Jabba, they, they brought him up their entire system, you know, all the way uh, until, you know, a couple weeks before he got promoted to the majors um, where he was closing in, in triple a, which God, I think that might've been like at Columbus back then. Um, <laughs> but anyway, through the whole system, I mean, he was, he was a starter and I know he had the success as, as the setup man when he came up, but they had in their mind, this guy's a starter um, as opposed to, you know, you just got to go in with a, here's where the guy is excelling right now. Here's where, you know, he's a, a, a viable asset for us. Don't rock the boat. Exactly. Yeah. It's and in that and like if the Java thing is almost broke. like the reverse of what we're saying with uh, Garcia here, because he excelled as a starter in the regular season. Why would right. you put him in the bullpen? Exactly. Instead of, you know, continuing to have him start and keep him in that role that, you know, he can do well in. I mean, other than like. Other than Cole and Severino, like who are you locking in? You know, I don't think you can automatically write out Davey and be like, oh, you're going to put him in the minors. Jordan Montgomery's over there still. Luis Sessa. Wait, what's up? Cut that out. (laughs) Luis Sessa, dump him next. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Sim and Holy are actually decent this year. I got to give him credit. Yeah, but the thing with Sessa is he always comes in during trash time. Come on, Alex. Give him credit. No, but I I like Sessa as the last guy in the bullpen. I, I do mean, too, but the, then, dude, I'm just saying he's nothing the more than the because he absolutely knows as soon as it's a blowout, he's start he's going to be in the game. Just, yeah. he knows his role perfectly. No, right. and the, and the 26 man rule goes back into effect. effect I this don't year, want, right? I, my expanded. doesn't want Sessa because mm-hmm. he'll have one good outing and then he'll trick the Yankees into thinking that he can pitch the eighth inning of a one run game. I mean, if the Yankees are going to Sessa in a one run game, then their bullpen is bad. So it's a fair point. Well, um, we're going to wrap up in a few minutes here. But before we do, I just wanted to mention that we're sponsored by Manscaped. And, guys, have you been using this ball deodorant they gave us? I mean, this, this stuff's incredible. I mean, this stuff's is, I mean, I've been having a lot better days and a lot better starts today is because of this ball deodorant. I mean, it, it's just awesome. You put this on after you take a shower, after you dry off. And, I mean, it, it, feels, like, it feels like there's nothing down there. It just yeah, feels like you're just floating. Uh, it's just uh, it's I, I can't a good, believe. Like, start to your day, 
I'm telling you, man, I, like I was so excited about the razor and just like, you know, like the, they had the flashlight and the lawnmower 3.0, which is like kind of like the big update from the 2.0, but so many man, awesome I find, things that they have. That's really, really high quality. Like I, I find myself just, I think my favorite thing they gave us is the ball deodorant. So dude, and yeah. then after that, you throw on those boxers, man. So those boxers are incredible. They're, They're so, so comfortable. Soft. Yeah. Um, they, it's all. You know what I love too. I don't know. I mean, I, I can <laughs> do anything about this. All their shit is is designed for for pH balance, and mm-hmm. I mean that's mm-hmm. the biggest concern down there, right? I mean, not necessarily the groom of everything. It's just you feel fresher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's they're such a great company, such great products. Um, they're having a lot of sales coming up for uh, Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday, so be sure to check them out. Go on the website, buy something, use code BABBLE, get 20% off and free shipping. Um, yeah, and Alex is a casual, and G's a boomer. Um, so Don't forget Andrew likes The Bachelor. Yeah, and NASCAR, um, and I'm from Florida. So, um, guys, <laughs> uh, anything else we want to talk about tonight? Anything uh, anything on our minds? Uh, me and Andrew are uh, Nets fans, and uh, James Harden might go to the Nets, so that's that's one thing, right? Um, it's only going to cost four players it. and six picks. you got to do it. Yep, yep. Um, guys, I'm just, I'm just thinking about DJ. Honestly, like, yeah. I, <laughs> man, I'm like, I'm not gonna I'd be like terrible. To, I, I texted my friend that the other day. I just like texted him randomly out of the blue. Like, damn, I'm. I, I just said, I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm worried about DJ, man. Like, I, I don't feel good about this. Like the universe is just not giving me good vibes right now about DJ. Like, ah, uh, si- like silence is, you know, people say like silence is violence. Like silence is violence when it comes to not hearing anything about DJ. It's like, wow, <laughs> they say that I'm being attacked right context. now by not hearing anything. G- What's up, Alex? Um, I said they say that in a little bit of a different context, though. No, I'm saying it in this context, though, you know, oh, so I mean, it's... you know, if the first move that the Yankees announce this offseason is not a signing of DJ LeMahieu, like the Yankees Twitter is going to be even more ridiculous than it usually is. Well, it, no, it's always it's always going to be the same shit. It always yeah, is, right? Yeah, You're going to have everyone adding anyways. them with everything, you know, uh, announce DJ, announce DJ, Like we know the first move the Yankees are going to are going to announce, it's going to be um you know, firing Aaron Boone for a, a, a low end reliever reliever signing or a trade or something that people are gonna you know, flip their lid, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's like we have signed Trevor Rosenthal to a one year deal. It's just like, like, that's a just poverty franchise. They don't care like, anything. <laughs> <laughs> just because they signed him doesn't mean that DJ's now, gone. Like relax. Now, now that, yeah, now that I'm thinking about that, I really want that to happen. I just want them to announce like the most lackluster, unspectacular free agent sign to start as their first move, just so people could just freak out. Oh God, yes. Luigi, you know who that would be? Me. Andrelton Simmons. Um, no. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> I thought you meant people who'd be freaking out. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be me for sure. I'd be freaking out. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, Alex, if, if they announce the offseason with Andrelton Simmons, I mean, I'm I'm heading over to Total I think, Wine. I think we got pa- to pack it in. Yeah, I, no, I'm getting some champagne at Total Wine if yeah. Andrelton Simmons is announced first. I mean, that's like Christmas coming early, right? Oh, no, just kidding. I would, I would just yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say what I would do on the pod if if that happened. But yeah, so guys, we have anything else to talk about? Or is that pretty much it? Um, Andrew, you've been reading that uh, book lately. Yeah, I mean, do we do we 
Yeah, you can just talk about the book. You can just talk about the book. You want to do that now? No, I mean, you can just talk about, like, say, like, I've been reading this book and, like, blah, blah. It's good. You know, you don't have to, like, say, like, come on our pod, you know? Yeah. Reading a book. Hey, author. Wonderful. If you don't come on this pod, fuck you. (laughs) No, yeah. So I've been reading uh, Swing Kings by uh, Jared Diamond, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, national baseball writer right now. Um, I actually got it. couple months ago and it, i almost said it, it sat on my shelf for for six months but i have the the e-version yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of just sitting there doing that it's, it's, uh, it's sat on it's out of my library for a few months uh yeah no but i actually right where i'm at right now um talking about um the the rebirth of, of aaron judge and i say rebirth but i mean it was really his rookie year but um this guy richard shank they call him teacher man he's from like iowa or missouri or something but like so, generally a, a nobody right no one really knows who he is um he's not like a big name in the you know, swing guru world you know guys like um jd martinez justin turner they all went out to guys in california um judge just found this random guy in, in st louis right um but talk about how he took like his big loopy swing in 2016 uh, that offseason and how he simplified it um, and obviously we know he did his rookie year and apparently judge they've been he's been this guy's been posting on his twitter the past week judges back work with him this offseason so um that's encouraging news for uh, what he may be able to do next year obviously he has to stay healthy that's always going to be the biggest concern with him and it wasn't like he had a bad year last year um prior to the injuries we we've gone in, in, in <laughs> at length what he did in the postseason last year but uh if judge can figure out um you know that magic elixir that he had going on in 2017 and carry that into next year that's awesome um, so again, it's Swing Kings, uh, and we can update more when uh, I, I get more into the book. Thanks, Andrew. That's that was our weekly uh, book club section. <laughs> session. You know, <laughs> love, love We're gonna rebrand this as the Bronx Book Club Babble. Yep, just our book club. I haven't read a book in years. I should probably get on that and read that. Um, remember how to read, Luigi? Um, no, I'm pretty dumb. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, I think that'll be it for us. I don't think anyone has anything else to say. Um, yeah, so just been slow. DJ. Yeah, announce DJ. Announce, uh, announce Bauer. Announce Real Muto. Announce uh, DJ. If we don't get D, I mean, if, can we all agree that if we don't get DJ Bauer and Real Muto, it's just a failure of an off season? Like we could all Poverty agree on that, right? man. no longer be. We're all, that yeah, like we're all like like minded Yankees. We're all rational. What, what's that copy that. pasta? Like that's it. I've, oh, I've yeah, done like that, with it for after fifty two like years. I'm no longer being a Yankee. <laughs> Like it's just I I just love those because there's always people that just don't understand and people who be in their pies like oh yeah this is the, the this is what the a line. fake fan you're gonna give up yeah, because of it's like it's a meme <laughs> not that deep uh, <laughs> but yeah we'll be back probably either later in the look we'll be back most likely next week but hey if something big happens either we'll be back week, in then about an hour yeah no we're just gonna have a show every day until DJ resigns um but for Luigi for G. For Andrew, for Alex, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, episode 69, and we'll see you next time. Nice. Nice.